0: Welcome to the Awesome Life Podcast for women in transition looking for simple ways to live and love life with awesome energy, joy, prosperity, and freedom, all without drugs. And now here's your awesomeness host, Karen Stoltz. So, hey, welcome to the Awesome Life Podcast. I'm here today with Deborah Russell. Oh, she's an amazing person. Absolutely. just I'm so excited to be talking to you, Deborah. Uh, She is a coach speaker uh, for the arts and entertainment industry for athletes, small business, and she, she has so much. I mean, that's just a small piece. And you can imagine, all of this requires a lot of really quality time management. So I asked her if she would help us out in understanding all of that today. She actually combines two passions which is about the entertainment and uh, also facilitating people's lives. And she's going to share with us a little bit more about all of that. So I could go on and on and on. I mean, I, I, this goes, this goes on. So, all right.
1: I'm blushing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Amazing lady from, um, you know what? I think it's best coming from you, Deborah. I think you are amazing in every way, shape, and form. And I am so excited that you are here. And yeah, that's one thing so many people say, I just don't have the time. And oh,
1: I can relate. Yeah. So welcome, welcome. Deborah <laughs> Thank Russell. You. Thank you. Thank you for De- having me. Tell
0: tell us a little bit more. I mean, I couldn't even go into all of these.
1: Yeah. So, um, my, my life has been a bit interesting. I, um, I, my background is in, in film and, uh, theater, television, film and theater. And I started as an actor when I was about 11, 12 local, you know, amateur productions, um, and did that and danced and did a lot of that. Um, and pursued it more seriously as I got into my twenties, got a, um, uh, bachelors in fine arts from Syracuse University, go orange, and <laughs> and, and, and then moved to LA to pursue um, becoming a producer director, which was my dream. And I pursued it. I worked my way up uh, from production assistant to script supervisor, had a, um, an investor ready to plunk down um, 50K for my first feature as a director which back in the nineties was a fair chunk of cash. Um, And I got sick. And I got very, very sick for a very, very long time. I have something called myalgic encephalomyelitis. I was bedridden for three years. I was housebound for a total of eight years. Oh, Deborah. So, and I knew that I could never go back to film. I, because if you're a producer-director, you're looking at 17-hour days, seven-day weeks, especially when you're filming, um, and there's just no way, even even today, as well as I am today, there's no way my body would support that. So I knew, like an athlete who has a career-ending injury, now what? Um, and I, I will tell you, I wandered around for a while kind of going – now what? And I did a little of this, and I did a little of that as much as I could, um, as I started to figure out the ways that I needed to manage my illness and and promote healing. And um, coaching discovered me through an amazing series of serendipity, which would take our whole Time together, so I'm not going to share it right now. But another time, <laughs> but yeah, we, you know, over a scotch one day, we'll, we'll, I'll tell you this story. Um, okay, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, but when I discovered coaching, or when coaching discovered me, I just was like, oh, "This is perfect for me." It was kind of miraculous in a lot of ways. But I will tell you that when I first started looking at coaching as Okay, let me research this because at the time this was in like 2000. I'd never heard of coaching. Nobody I knew had ever heard of coaching. But someone I'd worked with came to me and said, "This is who you are. You could be making money doing this." I'm like, "I could be making money doing this? That's interesting." And but at the time when that happened, I had, I was able to be functional about five hours a day, and I'm talking total. That was it. The rest of the time I was in bed. And that's to do everything. That's to, you know, make a little money with some part time jobs. That's to do my laundry, do the dishes, cook for myself, be, you know, pay my bills, whatever. It, it was everything.
0: So you were totally on your own. You didn't have anybody to
1: pick up no the one, pieces. No one was taking care of me. I was single when I got sick. And let me tell you, Being bedridden is not a place to start dating from. (laughs) Makes it a little challenging to meet people. Um, (laughs) It was just just not, it was not the time to be focusing on that. Um, And so, yes, I I pretty much took care of myself. My parents helped out tremendously, thank God for them. And, you know, and I did actually end up moving back in with them, but my mom worked full-time. My dad worked full-time. I was... Even living with them, I was on my own. I mean, mom cooked, but that was pretty much it, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, and I was in my 30s. I wanted to get out of my parents' home as quickly as possible. Yeah, it's hard to go back. It's hard to go back. It's hard to go back. Anyway, so um, I really... You know, when I first, I started working with a coach because I wanted to find out what is this coaching thing. And so the first thing I worked on was time management Mm. because I didn't have very much. I didn't have very much time and I needed to make it really count.
0: Well, it's our only non-renewable resource is time. Everything else, we can always have more, but time is gone.
1: Yep. I work with a lot of clients on setting up business systems, setting up, um, organizing their lives. And I call time the meta system because everything else has to live inside of it. Mm. And if your time management doesn't work, nothing else is going to work very well either. You'll end up thinking about work when you're with your family, thinking about your family when you're at work right sound familiar it because you don't have a system that you can trust it's not that we don't all have time management systems we do they just don't work very well they're not good systems and right (laughs) because the truth is our the way our brains think our brains operate using systems Mm -hmm. because our brain is always looking to save energy to shortcut anything it can and the way it shortcuts is through habit building mm-hmm. and every habit is a system interesting so because you can auto, it, the brain can then automate that series of neural you know okay. connections mm-hmm. you start that one connection and it just goes down through the series but that's also why habits are hard to break you can't, break, you can't actually break a habit. You can only build a new pathway, a new neural pathway. And kind of, it's like, you know, a detour. So I know you're not going that way, you're going this way. Mm-hmm. And that takes time and it takes focus and intention and it, repetition so that your brain then is like, oh yeah, no, I do it this way now. And you don't have to think about it. You don't have to make decisions about every little thing. There's this thing in um, psychology called decision fatigue. Yeah. right? Yeah. It, I mean, we've all come up against it when we have a whole like when there's a big change in our lives, like, I don't know, a pandemic. And <laughs> you have to make everything's changed, so every all the ways that you used to do things no longer apply. And so you have to just make a whole bunch of new decisions and you get tired. What a system does, what a habit does is it automates the decision. You've made the decision and so now you just go. And you don't have to stop and say, well, do I do it this way? Do I do it that way? Is it this? Is it that? There's all the different choices. Overwhelm prioritizing oh my god
0: yeah that is it, it, it shifts you into the overwhelm okay right. i'm in overwhelm i'm just gonna go back to bed <laughs> or on facebook <laughs> or on facebook yeah
1: <laughs> exactly
0: oh uh, so uh what sorts of Tools or, or techniques. Uh, you have the habit, you're reprogramming the habit. How, how do you reprogram that habit? How do you
1: create those
0: um, pathways?
1: Honestly, it's really very simple and extremely hard. <laughs> um, because it's like your brain is kind of like a dense wood. Right. So, so in, in the woods you have, you'll have an animal track. These, this is a track that, that the deer have gone by over and over and over again. And that'll be a nice clear path. But if you want to go a different way, you have to go through the brambles. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. So that's the same way the brain is right. The habit is that nice, clear, easy path. And I can get into the bio, the science of it. I think it's really fascinating, but I won't. Um <laughs> Well, we may, we may, <laughs> we may. Um, it's about uh, potentiality, potentializing the the um, the neural impulse. Oh, okay. But but so to go to a new path, you have to do what the deer did in order to create the first path, which is to just keep going down it, over and over and over. Which means you need to make the choice again and again and again in close proximity so doing it once isn't gonna do it doing it two days in a row isn't gonna do it doing it 21 days in a row that'll do it that's what changes and the thing that people misunderstand i think about creating new habits is they think they just need to decide once it's New Year's, I'm going to make a New Year's resolution, I'm going to decide to exercise three times a week, and okay, I'm done, I've made that decision. No, you need to make that decision every single day that you're going to exercise, until it's no longer a decision, it's a part and you'll the- know that, you'll know that when you look back and you say, I haven't had to think about it, for a while I just go. I just go work out because today's Tuesday and Tuesday's the day I work out.
0: So with the time management, uh, what what would you recommend the first step be for somebody? Well, first step would be to make the decision. (laughs) The second step to choose a different
1: way. To to, to choose to explore a different way. I would say that the first step is to figure out what your systems are currently. Okay. okay. How am I making decisions around time, uh, around tasks, around my prioritizing, um, around the choices I make? How how am I currently making those decisions? Um, and that takes some introspection because a lot of people will take a course in time management and then they'll try and impose this new system that came from someone else from someone outside of them that operates the way they operate and they'll try and force their round peg into that square hole or square peg into that round hole whichever and so it'll either fit and be really too loosey-goosey or it'll just won't fit at all Um, and they'll try it for a couple days and it doesn't quite work for them so they quit This happens all the time, right? The way I work with people is that you have your own unique, organic way of operating in the world. And if you try to impose somebody else's idea of a good time management system, it's not going to fit. And you will feel like a failure. That makes perfect sense. So the first thing is to figure out what is your organic, authentic way of being. What, how do you like to operate in the world? Do you like to sleep in and stay up late, for example? Um, I work a lot with artists, and a lot of them are touring musicians. And so they'll have a gig, and they're not home until 3 o'clock in the morning. And then they'll try and get up for work at 9 a.m. I had this client who would do that. And I'm like, you work for yourself. Your day job is website design. Why are you trying to get up at Mm 9am? He was like, well, I don't know. It's uh, the way to do business. I'm like, why? Why is it your way to why it it may be someone else's way to do business, but they don't need to know that you're not getting up at nine because you were up until three o'clock in the morning that you get up at, you go to bed at three in the morning, you get up at 11, because that's a nice good eight hour sleep time. Mm-hmm. You're not available until one. Sorry. These mm-hmm. are my hours. No one, no one needs to know what you're doing in the morning. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, yeah. The bottom
0: line, you're not doing a good job for whomever you're working for. Exactly. You're sleep deprived anyway. Yeah. You can't he was
1: making himself sick. He was getting sick all the time. He was like catching every cold that went by, hmm. and you know, and and all we honestly, the biggest change we made was that he started going to bed every night, whether he had a gig or not. He hmm. started going to bed at three in the morning and getting up at eleven in the morning, and it changed his life. Wow, he became more productive. He became a lot happier, and. You know, all of a sudden, everything else started to work. So it can be a sm- like a relatively small change. That's but right. you have to figure out who you are.
0: So, it's, all righty. Yeah. So may I impose and get real personal here? Yeah, please. Laura, so when you knew that you could not... Um, function more than five hours a day, maximum, and not all in a row. Right. How, what did you do to change your time management so you could do everything that you needed?
1: So, first of all, um, you have to know that I didn't start with five hours. I started with about 30 minutes a day oh. that I could be functional because wow. I was bedridden. Yeah. Right. So maybe I got one meal and, you know, on a good day, brush my teeth. That was like, that was where I started from and kind of worked my way up from there. Um, Congratulating yourself each and every time you were able to. Each and every time my gratitude journal saved my sanity. I wrote it every night. Um, what I was grateful for, what I, and one of the biggest things that really shifted things for me and allowed me to operate in a way that allowed me to get better, instead of getting a little bit better and getting then sick again and getting a little bit better and getting sick again, which is what happens for a lot of people with this illness because they try to restart their life as soon as they start feeling a little bit better and then so they'd get sick again and it just doesn't work. I redefined what accomplishment means. Interesting. And so I began putting my rest periods on my to-do list. And so every time I had a rest period, I got to cross it out and celebrate, look, I'm resting. <laughs> so that resting became an activity that was on my way to a goal. So it, it, it started to, so I changed rather than feeling like, I'm being lazy or I, you know, I'm not good because I'm not worthy because I'm not performing, I'm not doing. I started really giving myself a lot of credit for just for the little things, for the little accomplishments. And that was life-changing. It's the smallest adjustment And it was absolutely life-changing. And so I do that with my clients. I'm like, we need to celebrate every little accomplishment. Like it's the big goal and we get happy feet and we get to dance and celebrate. Um, Because if you don't, you burn out. Mm. If you only allow yourself to celebrate the big goals, that's a recipe for burnout. Because inside you've got that small voice that small child that knew that they couldn't go out to play until they finished their homework or whatever message you got as a small child about getting your work done and give that small voice just is like well when do i get to play when 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 am i enough when is it enough and instead we don't celebrate so we just keep pushing and pushing and pushing So we have to celebrate. We have to celebrate. So one of the things that I have my clients do in their time management system is at night, before going to bed, they write three gratitudes, three things they're grateful for. They can always write more, but it's at least three things they're grateful for. Three things that they are proud of from Mm -hmm. the day. Three accomplishments. And they don't need to be big. And it's not just another way to check off your to-do list. It's the, it's the phone call you were afraid to make or standing up for yourself when someone talks over you in a meeting. Or, you know, it can be little things. It could be reaching out to the neighbor across the street to have a conversation, right? If you're a shy person or, you know, more of an introvert, it doesn't have to be big stuff. Yeah. So. Um, So three accomplishments and also three learnings, three things that you discovered that day about yourself, about the world. And again, they don't have to be, you know, discovering how to do nuclear fusion. (laughs) And by the way, I say that because I actually had a nuclear physicist as a client back many years ago. And, oh, he was so much smarter than I am. Um, <laughs> but he couldn't, way, in, in exactly. he, he couldn't manage his time. In some way. Exactly. He couldn't manage his time. And as a result, he didn't turn his projects in on time. He wasn't. He didn't respond to requests from clients in a timely manner because mm-hmm. he just didn't manage his time well. By the time I was done with him, he managed his time really well and he got a job in a major laboratory, like one of the pinnacles for a nuclear physicist, because they knew they could count
0: on it. That, that's really key, isn't it? Because if you don't manage your time, how can anybody count on you? Because you're not going to finish things. You're and not going to keep your promises. And, and it's important to keep your promises not only to others, but to yourself.
1: Oh, gosh, yes. Thank you for saying that. That's so true. Because every time you don't keep a promise that you make to yourself, you chip away at your self-esteem. Mm-hmm. All you're saying to yourself is, I'm not as important as everything else. Mm-hmm. And it just, it's like, it's like water wearing away the stone. It just... Keeps chipping away at that self-valuing,
0: and it's it's interesting because you don't even realize that you're doing. I I did it myself. I recognize it. <laughs> My time management left
1: a to be designed Someone very close to you, right? Someone very very, very close. close to yeah. you. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah
0: it, it was like, okay, this is something I really want to do. This is something I really want to accomplish, but no one cares
1: if I accomplish it. So why bother? Right. Right. It yeah. always gets pushed. It's not even so why bother? It's just not as urgent yeah. as that thing that you promised to someone else. And
0: that's one of the reasons it took three years from the time I, I thought about doing a podcast to actually putting it out there is finally this is stupid karen
1: just do
0: it just do it thank you well i'm very
1: proud of you
0: thank you for being my guest because <laughs> you are absolutely amazing to have gone through uh, total bedridden really to where you are now able to function so well because you have laid out boundaries for yourself. I think it Correct. also requires boundaries. Um, do you ever use what I think it's called the uh, Pomodoro Method? I'm not familiar with that. Tell me about it. Which is basically
1: setting a timer. Oh, yes. Though very often I set a timer that is external, meaning I have a, I have a momentum partner. Oh, and she's also self-employed. She's a professional photographer, fine art photographer, very, very talented person. And also she teaches at a couple of different universities, fine art uni- um, programs for photography. And um, we talk at the top of, not every day, not every hour, because she's on the West Coast, I'm on the East Coast, so the scheduling's a little bit different. Some days she teaches, some days I'm coaching, you know, whatever. But we talk at the top of the hour, and it's a two minute phone call. It's rarely longer than two minutes. And it basically goes like this. We call the momentum call. So we build some momentum mm-hmm. and it goes like this. So in the last hour, I did I um, uh, rested for 20 minutes and then I put on my makeup and prepared for my podcast interview with Karen. And, and in the next hour, I'm gonna have my podcast interview. Ooh. And then, you know, the following hour, so my interview went fabulous. I'm really, It was really fun. And in the next hour, I'm going to, and I just declare what I'm going to do next. Sometimes what I'm doing next is having lunch. Sometimes what I'm doing next is taking a rest. Sometimes what I'm doing next is making five phone calls or writing a blog post or whatever it is I'm working on. There's no processing. There's no holding accountable but I have to actually say what I'm going to do. So by the,
0: putting it out there and committing to somebody else, yep, this is what
1: really is helpful for you. This and is- it's also, it's, it's not just making the commitment because you know what, she doesn't care if I get on the phone and say, well, that didn't go the way I planned. <laughs> right you get interrupted or you realize you'd forgotten something that really actually is a higher priority than what you had said you were gonna I mean that stuff happens it's life right it's life but there's something about having to say having to make the clear expressed decision of what you're gonna focus on so I have to think about it before I get on the phone with her and say what am I gonna do in the next hour one of the hardest parts about being self-employed is there's no structure, mm, mm. right? The day is seven hours of whatever I want it to be. So what do I want it to be? It could be anything. And that's, that can be really hard. It can be. So what are... Uh,
0: What is the technique or do you have a technique that really helps you keep track of what you want to accomplish today?
1: I will say I have a whole handful of tools and (laughs) techniques. Um, So I'll give you, (laughs) I I know, I'll give you one or two. Um, I do You know, I I, I go into them in in a lot of detail in my time management mastery course, Um, but I would say there's a couple of, primarily it's time management is both a structure and a skill set, right? So it's skills like decision making, like setting goals, like understanding how to take a goal and break it down into action steps and make a plan and figure out the timing for that. That's a whole set of skills like saying this is going to take a half an hour and it actually taking a half an hour. That's a skill. A lot of people don't have.
0: Yeah. I, I've never met anybody who has that skill actually.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it can be learned, yeah. but you have to figure out how long do you think it's going to take and how long does it actually take and start to figure out where's the disconnect. Okay. So, yeah. Right. It's so, I, yeah, almost. Right. And again, it's figuring out where you are now, what's what's true now, what is your current system, and making an, the appropriate adjustments. If if you say it's going to take a half an hour and it always takes you an hour and a half, stop saying it's going to take a half hour and set aside an hour and a half to do it. <laughs> stop setting yourself up to lose. Yeah, yeah. Right? So, um. so it... Understanding that it is both a structure and a skill set and working on both Mm -hmm. is really important. I think a big mistake people make is to operate from a task-centric versus calendar-centric focus. Mm. In other words, you look at your day and you have this big, long, honking list of tasks. That have no organization. They're not prioritized. They all look equally important to you. And not only that, in order to decide what you're going to do in the next hour, you have to read the entire list, which is overwhelming and terrifying and depressing. And by the time you figure out what you want to do, half the hour is gone, right? So what I recommend you do, yeah, does this feel familiar? It does. I can help you with that, I need you, Deborah. Everybody listening needs you. (laughs) Um, Instead, if you do time blocks, and a lot of different time management experts talk about blocking out time, if you do time blocks by category instead of by task, in other words, what are the categories of your life? You know, you've got Work, finances, family, spirituality, you know, whatever the category, and that's something I help my clients figure out. What are the big buckets in their lives? And then if they're self-employed, there's also, and I teach this in my business management for the creative mind class, five hats of the business owner. There is creative, marketing, sales, admin, fulfillment, and vision and planning. I I do that as the pinky because it gets the least least attention, (laughs) poor thing. Um, And so if you take those categories and you organize your task list by category, and then you slot the categories into your day and you say, okay, today I've got two hours for marketing. What's in my marketing to-do list? And you don't look at anything else for that two-hour slot. What's that two hour slot? All right, I'm going to write a blog post and then I'm going to follow up with five people in the second hour
0: or whatever it is Great, because it's marketing. So you actually a lot in your calendar almost, you a lot X amount of time for the marketing, X amount of time for my kid's baseball game, X amount, oh, I love it. Look at that. So I really, really like structure. That are living, it's actually a, a, a laid out plan. It's a, a,
1: yep, it's a time map. Um, and this, by the way, is from the brilliant Julie Morgenstern, author of Time Management from the Inside Out, and we bow down to her brilliance. <laughs> I don't want to take credit for something that's not mine. I've turned it into mine it, by the ways that I, you know, adjust it. But, you know, Stephen Covey, Um, there's there's a half a dozen of really, really brilliant time management experts. And I'm a big eclectic, one from column A, one from column B, and then I kind of fit it all together in the way it works uniquely the way that I work. And you will notice that there are rest breaks every day. There are rest breaks at various times throughout the day. They have to be, because that's how I manage my illness, right? But you'll also notice that Admin, it's category. Product development, it's category. I'm not saying what I'm doing during that time.
0: It's just the category that needs to be looked at and taken care of. Exactly during that time. Um, I'm sorry. Go ahead.
1: No, that's and and so I'm not going to take on. You know, I'm not going to sit in in the morning and write down a list of tasks that will never fit into my day. So that at the end of the day I have two crossed off and I feel like I failed.
0: Uh, instead at the, the end of the day, day, you have to feel great about what you not just good, but acts awesome. You yes. accomplished what you set out to do. So that that I, I'm taking notes here. Oh that's, <laughs> that, that's what I'm doing. Oh. Here. And you can see this on conversations with uh, Deborah Russell on my my YouTube page so all of these things that are being shown you can swing over there and see but
1: right 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 sorry we're we're on zoom so I just it's all video right I so know, yeah I, know. I forget so, so Deborah how can people get in touch with you so um so my name is Deborah Russell D E B R A R U S S E L L add coaching to that dot com, so it's Deborah Russell Coaching all one word dot com, and um, I'm very petite, so I don't have any extra letters in Deborah, <laughs> but there are two s's and two l's in Russell, so.
0: So she, this lady, is as you can tell, is very fun. She can make the, the coaching and time management and anything, anything that she sets her mind to. And if anybody can do it, Deborah can help because Deborah has overcome by herself so many challenges that we haven't gone into today. I learned about a lot of them when we were having our our interview uh, mm-hmm. prior to. So I, I'm just so which is why I was speechless when I was introducing you all the things that you've accomplished. <laughs> you. Oh my goodness. So um, before we go, is there anything else that you would like to share? Yes.
1: Yes. If you go onto my website, Debra Russell, there is a free ebook, okay. the top five mistakes, the f- uh, five time management mistakes And um, I I give you both what the mistake is, what it generally looks like, but also some ideas and um, tactics or techniques to overcome those mistakes. So hopefully you will find that to be helpful enough to get you started on your road to having mastery over your time management.
0: Fantastic. Well, thank you so very much, Deborah. Absolutely, it's my been pleasure. A pleasure being here, and uh, I know there's so many things that you could share. Maybe we can have you back again sometime.
1: I would love it. I would love it. That would be a lot of fun.
0: It's always fun hanging out with you. So you Thank, you. thank you, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. I hope. Yep, you bet. Bye bye.